Hi, welcome to Stardust Records, a Star Wars podcast. I'm Savi, and I'm here with my co-host, Linz. Hello, Lindsay. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm glad that we're back. It's been a while since the Star Wars Celebration episode. Yeah, but I think it was a nice little break. We both had stuff going on, and that's just life, you know? Life rolls like that. And we had time to play Survivor all the way through. We did, and watch Visions, so... Yeah, we got a lot of content. We did. So, just as a disclaimer, this episode will not be spoiler-free for Jedi Survivor. Turn your ears away. (laughs) Cover your ears. (laughs) Uh, We'll put the timestamps in the Twitter post when we release the episode, so if you haven't finished the game, you don't want to be spoiled, you can skip this part. But it's starting now, so... (laughs) You said you had some questions. I do, I do. I put together like a little list of questions to help us discuss this. First, what are your thoughts on Cal's like personal journey in this game? So we talked a little bit, just to preface this, if anybody did or didn't listen to it. In a previous episode, we sort of spoke about what we thought perhaps Cal's um, storyline was going to be in this game. And like what we thought he was going to be going through perhaps and so that's really relevant to this question now um so what, what what do you think what were your personal thoughts on his journey i really enjoyed the the layout of it i of his journey specifically it is five years after jfo and there is this big gap so we don't really see what cal goes through we see those little flashbacks which I really enjoyed, especially the ones with Seer. And I, you know, there's that name drop in the Coruscant journey at the beginning where he says that he's been working for Sagarera, or I think it was Senator Sejon. And I don't know. I thought that from beginning to end and after the story, even in like little interactions with the characters, on Kobo in the saloon, you kind of get like a, I I don't know, like a, it's interesting to see Cal from beginning to end because maybe this is my own personal opinion. You might think differently, but I feel like Cal at the beginning isn't so much different to Cal at the end Mm -hmm. because I feel like he's already matured a lot, but it shows in that mature state, like what, and how he processes certain things what yeah, do you think I, yeah I that's spot on I really like how you phrase that because yeah he is you know a mature man now and he's not this teenager that we knew in Fallen Order um, and in Fallen Order I think it's kind of interesting because I, I feel like time wise like in Fallen Order it's pretty clear that most of the story happens over a short period of time and then in survivor i guess you could get a similar sense that it's all happening within a short period of time but then again with the length of the game and the amount of interactions you can have and the amount of going back and forth between planets and then the amount of time spent in the game after the main storyline is over um i feel like you just get to know cal a lot more intimately over quote-unquote a longer period of time um in the game and so i i think that on top of just the difference between the stark difference between him in fallen order and him in survivor you just get to know him better in survivor and i 
I enjoyed what we got to see of him. I enjoyed seeing him as this, like I said, he's matured. He's his, he's um, self-assured or like he knows who he is. He knows how, he knows what he's doing to an extent. And I think, I think I brought this up in our previous episode where I was like, we already know he has gone through the journey that he needs to go through to like reach a skill level that he needs to be at or um, a maturity he needs to be at. And so in this game, <clears throat> I was speaking about how I felt like he was going to be facing inner darkness because in the first game he was facing like outer darkness. Yes, he did struggle, but like he was very much faced with, um, you know, the inquisitors and what was happening outside of him with the holocron and, you know, with seer. But then in this one, he's very much very much struggling with darkness on a on a different level than he did in fallen order and so i thought it was more nuanced in that sense like cal was more nuanced in survivor and so um i i think that i was feeling like there was in fallen order there was like this hope in him and there is still a hope in him at the end in Survivor, but it's, I was left feeling kind of uneasy. Um, and I feel like that's how we're supposed to be left feeling about him because there wasn't, to me, there wasn't a defined like, okay, Cal's gonna be fine. He has overcome his darkness. Like, um, you know, he triumphed over, triumphed over it and, you know, we're gonna go from there. I was left feeling like he didn't fully face it. And that's okay to be left with that feeling. I feel like the writers almost wanted us to feel that way. So, and it's like, to me, it's very much like an Empire Strikes Back middle, you know? There was a something, there was a, a, a mission to be accomplished, darkness to be faced. It's faced, but like, we're not fully to the end yet. Like it's sort of a darker middle. Would you agree? Yeah, definitely. Especially there, were, I don't know if it was a rumor, but like there was talk about a third game, the game being a trilogy. So mm -hmm. it did feel very much like a middle part rather than a finite story. And I agree, like there was some, there was a feeling of hope, but I feel like it really ended on a downbeat rather than something positive especially with you know the death of seer and and bode and then the funeral scene on tenelor and it's like they get there essentially empty-handed so it's like there was this whole plan to bring the hidden path and like people that were you know uh trying to escape the grasp of the empire and it was hard to see that four people we're the only ones on this planet rather than, you know, an entire civilization. So it, I don't know. It, it was just really, in a way, not disappointing with the story, but like disappointing for the characters because they were so hopeful, mm. especially with that one scene around the campfire before, you know, you find out that Bode had this plan all along to betray the crew so yeah. yeah and the conversations on Kobo in the saloon with like Marin 
saying like, oh, we'll find our way or we've always, you know, had our, you know, just grabbed our footing again or there was one that really stuck out where they, oh, it was on Jeddah, but Marin was talking about how they're going to have to like make a lot of compasses and how without Eno there, because he's gone, it'll take a long time. So I just wonder if in the third game it's going to be another time jump where they do have the compasses. Yeah, it was an interest that brings up an interesting point the fact that they ended the story on this mm-hmm. note because because there is no def- de- definite end and it would to me it would be kind of strange to pick up the same storyline mm-hmm. in the third game. So that leads me to wonder if they're going to have like a DLC uh to add on to this game. I I feel like there's a strong possibility that they'll be adding more content to this game to fill in a gap before the third game i could be completely wrong but i know on the map the holo map or the um planet map it looks like there's space Mm -hmm. for another like planet or something and the way that the characters continue to talk about like oh we need to prepare channel or for the for the path and for the anchorites and stuff so i almost wonder if they have more up their sleeve for it but even still it's like i don't know on the shattered moon there was a and i haven't i've 100 that a while ago already but there was a talk that cal could bring the droids yeah. on that planet to tantalor so that'd be an interesting yeah so i almost wonder that. like you're saying would they even do a time like it to me it would kind of make sense that they would do a completely different or not completely different but change the storyline you know to pivot it away from this survivor's storyline yeah it would be really interesting if if um you start the game where you left off in jedi survivor but then there's a time jump in the game yeah like you but then it's like well then why not just add it on to survivor and then have a time jump for a third game yeah i don't know we'll We'll have to see. I guess we'll just see. I trust them. They are the the team did an amazing job, and I'm so impressed with it. So yeah. I'm sure whatever happens is going to be good. Um, yeah. Uh, that kind of leads me into my next question. If you had any expectations, how did they match up against what you experienced in the game? I have they matched up. I knew the game would be excellent. Um, you know, the way Stig, uh, talked about it at Celebration at the interview was convincing enough that I knew the game would meet those expectations that I had, and they did, but to counteract your question, I thought that the game would be much shorter. Mm. I thought that it was going to just be the, the Dagon storyline with the High Republic, and then when Cal kills him, was it on Kobo or was it on? Yeah. Yeah. On Kobo. I was like, wow, it's, it's over. And they succeeded and they have the compass and they're going to go to Tantalor. And then it was like Jeddah. And then I think it was like an hour of gameplay and cutscenes, more maybe where it was just like, for lack of a better word, it was like just shit going down consistently and like nothing was going to plan and yeah so that expectation 
was not met, and I was glad that it wasn't because the story after Cal kills Dagan was insane. I, I don't know if you think similarly, but yeah, I didn't expect it, and I remember defeating Dagan and being like, "There's still so," because I I think I went to the menu or something. It was like shows like the percentage of the game done or something like that and i was like there's so much what yeah and the way that that fight ended and the way that bode and cal interacted after the the fight was over i got like this weird sense of foreboding but not (laughs) foreboding um (laughs) this does not not, bode well (laughs) yeah exactly but not towards bode i had this weird sense from Cal and I, and I that's why I want to play the game again and go mm-hmm. through that cutscene again because I want to see if it all makes sense in my head playing it obviously it will but like I want to see how I feel again because I was like this seems so I think now that I think about it this the feeling that I felt towards Cal in that moment because I was like wait what is he talking about like doing all these things and like making an like this is kind of, I feel like I was feeling confused like Bode. Yeah. Honestly. And I didn't even realize I was feeling it from Bode's perspective, which is so weird to think about in this moment now. Mm-hmm. Um, and But then I didn't, I still didn't like suspect Bode. So then when he does betray them, I was like, oh my God. And then he like is a former Jedi and no, he's not good. And <laughs> uh then and all of a sudden you're seer and it's just like oh one thing after another and i could play an entire game as seer yeah that was so uh, cool and with both the betrayal and then okay so what i was thinking afterwards is that bode kills eno with a blaster and like says nothing about him being a Jedi until he's alone with Cal. Yeah. So I I just wonder his mindset with that. I think he was for like he felt pressured to because like in that moment he still felt like he could handle himself when he escaped like he didn't need to show all his cards. Yeah. And then when he did face Cal on that bluff or the ruins or whatever it was, um he was kind of forced to reveal it because it was like life or death for him at that point because he knew that he couldn't take Cal on with the skill set that Cal was aware of. This also reminds me, and I'll have to play it again because I yeah. don't remember the exact context, but there was a part way earlier in the game when Cal, when Bode like appeared or Bode did something and Cal was like, made a comment about it and Bode was like, oh, I'm just, you know, whatever, like blew it off. But if I play it again, what was the comment? Do you remember? He, he was saying some like, you got here really fast or you, he said something to Bode about Bode's like ability for so, in some way, mm-hmm. like ability to, to do something. I think it was like to get places or no, something like that. And Bode was just like, oh yeah, I, I'm, you know, he just like blew it off. Was it but on the I cliff? Know- right before yeah. the, yeah, this before the, yes, it mm-hmm. was. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. I remember and- that too. When I go back, I'm going to probably be so like, oh, my God, because obviously it probably had to do with him being force sensitive and Cal just had no idea. And it's just oh, I can't wait to play it again for that reason, 
to just see all that in retrospect. Um, that's what I love about this game is that like even after the it's over, see that's what I was gonna say. What exceeded my expectations was yes, definitely um, the plot and how long, how like where it went, but then also after the main story's over, there's still so much story to be involved in. And yeah. like, like the characters that you get to know through the main story, like everybody who's listening to this, if you've played the game or not, um, and you just play the game after the story's over and just keep playing until you can't get any more stuff and just keep talking to the people. And even if you like, you're tired of collecting crap, go back and forth between the planets so you can trigger people's like uh, conversations because at the beginning or like when you finish the story all those characters in pylon saloon all the characters that you could possibly interact with you've really you've only really heard half their story you know so just keep going back and you'll get the rest of like their backstories and mm-hmm. i i honestly like that's one of my favorite parts of this game is the writing and um that includes not just like the main plot but just all the side characters um i don't even want to call them side characters because every single bit of dialogue even if it feels like it's all important to like your experience of the game and like Cal's experience in the game. So, and I know that you finished a lot, almost everything on Kobo or like you, you went and did a lot of like extra conversations and. I got, I, I got all the collectibles. Like I went, I, you know how you can get the maps, the map Mm -hmm. additives where you can see every, like the unopened shit. Yeah, I was able to get whatever I hadn't gotten last night. I actually went to Jeddah and then I was like, something feels unfinished. <laughs> and I went back and I got some seeds that I had missed. And I was like, yeah, oh, I got everything. <laughs> yeah, I'm still missing some seeds and a couple of forced tears, uh, maybe a couple like treasures. I, I went and did all the other stuff though. I 100% had um, explored every map, but I didn't. Mm-hmm get all the collectibles yet but like we're saying um the conversations that you can have yeah there's so many and it's both mosey and toa just left as well so the saloon feels like i wonder who else would leave if they do which they um, probably won't yeah there's there's so yeah i don't I don't know if you've played through it all completely, but right now where I am in the game, and I don't know if any more will leave, I, I feel like maybe not because if you go through the character data bank, you can see if they're 100%ed or not. Mm-hmm. And and so you can tell, like, I'm assuming that means that you're done interacting with them. Um, right now in the saloon for me, there's only Moran, Turgle, uh, um, Javi, uh, Turgle is gone from oh mine. Gosh, Grease, Monk, and is it Dana, the miner, oh, like mm-hmm. prospector lady, yeah, who had the who had the friend, Gronk, yeah, who, who went died. Um, you find his body. Yeah, yeah, I found it. <laughs> so so <gross>. there's only <laughs> there's only a couple left in the saloon, and upstairs there's. Uh, Z and um, Har, Har, Winnie and uh, and the the guy with the pretty thick uh, Scottish accent. Well, that's oh. there's Scuba and then the guy who always stands next to him. 
yeah i think it's like car or something mm-hmm. he's still there and of course like the uh the game board people are there but like you know the couple <laughs> and like oh uh, yeah like i love them they're so funny the way you uh, find them they're just like screeching for cal's attention <laughs> that was like one of my favorite interactions I know, and I'm... then and then when you get up to them, it's not at all what you expect. It's not dangerous, I know, <laughs> and you don't expect what they look like either. No, so those are like... like the freakiest looking aliens I've ever seen in Star Wars. I love them. Her eyes are like she looks like a hammerhead shark. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Uh, I love all the characters in the saloon. Uh, I love Moran the most because I think when you first interact with him he's just like doesn't want to talk to you and you have to like initiate another conversation to get him to speak and then by the end he's like yeah I contacted my boyfriend and <laughs> boyfriend and I think he might come and see me but I don't know and then you can like if you just stand by characters sometimes they'll start talking to each other without you even like yeah uh, really it. and he that. was like he was like telling Turgle like if this person comes in you have to tell me and I'm like, if they come in and I'm not here, you need to tell me and everything. And like, he was talking That's to Turgle sweet. and Turgle's just like, wow. <laughs> uh, but yeah. He's actually yeah. my, my least favorite. <laughs> I, I, I don't, I'm not, I don't blame you. Cause he, he, he yeah. lost me when he said the Clone Wars were the good years. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I, Cal's just like, my good years. <laughs> I don't know about that. Um. I think my favorite it, was Teluct. I was literally Teluct. about to say, I think she's she'd my be favorite. my second. She, I love how she's like, Sojourner. Yeah, I love that she calls him that. And then sister, the sister the on Jetta calls Cal Young Sage. Yeah, I love that. Mm-hmm. I think Ugh. that's so sweet. He's All these not- side characters are so cute. They are. They're, they're also sweet to Cal. He needs that kind of conversation. It's so cool to see how he has different, like he's very different with, or even subtly different with each character. And I love that they, there's that nuance. And Cameron did a really good job with that. Like, you know, the nuance of Cal with each different character and how he like, you can see him becoming like warming up to the characters as the dialogue goes on, which is really cool. Yeah, it's super sweet. He's a good guy. He is. Um, okay, so I think we kind of spoke about this with our expectations, but let me know if you have a different answer. Like, what moment surprised you the most? Yeah, it, it was Bode. Yeah, I would say it was Bode paired with the respawn moment yeah, and becoming re- Seer. Yes. that I think the whole Jetta scene where Eno died, Bode, respawn, playing as Seer, Darth Vader and then Seer dying. That whole scene. Trauma. <laughs> um, um, and then maybe the, the before that, the the game when you kill Dagon, when Cal that whole time going up to the observatory, and then mm-hmm. when Cal uses Centauri Cree to trick Dagon. Oh, oh that yeah. Was cool. I, I really am excited. I'm excited to play the whole game again, but I'm excited to yeah. like see those scenes again and be like really analyzing it. Cause when I was playing it for the first time, I was just like so blown away by the entire game that I yeah. I don't think I properly processed it. And then there was one more scene, but when you, when 
when Cal has his Cassian Andor moment and puts on the the Imperial uniform. Oh yeah. I remember being like, wow. Savi's gonna <laughs> love this. <laughs> well, my Cal had like the full thick beard and the long hair. And I was like, he cannot look any less like an Imperial officer. <laughs> Mine was similar. I think I had the long hair and the like uh short beard. So it was it was close to that. But and I remember just being like, How is he getting through like he's just like using the force? Like Yeah. <laughs> I'm an Imperial officer, don't question me. Um yeah, there was I, and I feel like I'll I might even have a different answer if I play through again. Mm-hmm. Because it was just shock after shock. I was in awe the whole game. Oh, here's here's something very relevant to the story. Um, what were your thoughts on the romance between Cal and Marin? And um, mm. yeah, what, what were your thoughts on it? I thought it was sweet. I thought it was really well done, too. And I loved that it showed... Mostly, you heard it through the dialogue that like a lot of time has passed between Cal and Marin and how they haven't, I suppose, seen each other in a while. But they kind of bridged the gap with that dialogue. Like when Marin said, everywhere I've been, or like no matter how, or yeah, no, everywhere I've been, you haven't been far from my thoughts. And then, you know, with the path, like we learned in Kenobi that the path helps, you know, force sensitives kind of travel safely to avoid the empire. So somebody made a good point where, you know, Marin has been helping uh Marin has been helping his people, quote unquote, mm-hmm. and keep them safe. And I thought that was sweet. And then the whole part in the cave was like a good catch up. And then there's a there's a lot of dialogue when they're on the spammel for the first time. And that was yeah. when she says that quote where she he hasn't been far from her thoughts. I thought it was really sweet and I, I especially loved the scene when Cal kisses Marin when they find out they successfully made it to Tandalore. I thought that that was really sweet. Yeah, I loved that. I loved the spacing or the pacing of their interactions and the buildup of it and the um, I loved because, you know, after they kissed for the first time, I kept trying to interact with her because it was like, I want, come on, let's talk about it. But like, (laughs) you know, that wasn't happening. And it, it did a little bit here and there. It was there was a couple interactions after it that he wanted to talk and she was like, let's just like, let it be what it was and everything. And, and I actually retrospectively really appreciate that because it made you kind of sit in the relationship and what happened through the game. Like, like it just felt good by the time you reached the end, you're like, Mm -hmm. you felt like you were kept at the pace that they were like and it didn't it was a really good companion um because it's not a side plot but it was a really good uh, i don't know how what the word would be but alongside like the main conflict it was good to have cal having this having marin to be like an anchor point well and you know what i mean yeah going off of that i love that marin never let Cal overthink that like if there was one thing that she could help him with 
in his own personal life, essentially, is that she never allowed him to overthink their relationship mm-hmm. and, like, question it. Like, she was always reassuring him that it was real and but in like the silent way like you had said where they don't really talk about it and he's not like when on Kobo there's that dialogue where he's like what about us Marin and she's like what about us and he's like well I don't think things can be the same and she was like they won't be so it it was like a yeah I love mature and that they both are and and I think that that was a really simple but great and impactful scene yeah i really appreciate that you brought that up because i i loved that extra interaction on kobo uh up there in the the upper room of pylon saloon uh yeah that was such a good little cap end cap to not like you know what i'm saying like it was a good end cap on the relationship the story of the relationship in this story to have that because it's like they're together and we don't have to like we don't need any more than that we just know that that's a thing like that's that's we can sit comfortably in that and Kyle can sit comfortably in that and I really enjoyed that in the cave scene which happens that's like their first like real in-depth interaction in the game um it really set a nice they got everything out of the way basically um and was a really nice setup to the like progression a natural progression into like more romantic side of the relationship um into the game and so then when you when she kisses him later like surprises him it almost is like oh this makes sense like i could see this coming this makes sense um because i know previously we've spoken where we were like we didn't know how that was going to work out and i it was really beautiful and i'm so impressed with how it did turn out when it how it played out um yeah i loved it i thought it was so i don't know it was just it was great it was perfect especially yeah. for the pacing of this game mm-hmm. no it, um, it, it was great it, it was a nice peaceful like you knew that their interactions would be peaceful regardless of all the chaos going on yeah, I'm glad that it wasn't in conflict with the rest of the conflict yeah. and that there was no conflict in it. Yeah. Like it was it was something that Cal could rest easy in throughout the game and that was nice compared to like you said the chaos of what was happening around them. Mm. Um so this is a pivot from something a little, a little more serious to something a little less serious, but um what was your favorite planet to explore and i i know that you're not completely done exploring every planet you're mm-hmm. still on jetta i have jetta but, left but you know what wh- what was your favorite planet to just be on and what planet do you go back to often and if you don't really have a solid answer that's fine but yeah um for the story i loved jetta i thought that that was my favorite especially the scene with marin when you guys are escaping the um the imperial forces like when Mm -hmm. they're digging yeah but on my own i really enjoyed kobo and i really wish that tanalore had more to explore those are my top three in that order i i'm pretty much there with you i loved kobo 
whenever I'm playing the game. And I think it's just because it's bigger. Um, I love the differences in environment. And when I want to like run around and take like screenshots and stuff, there's always, there's just always a different look, Yeah, you know, and on, and on Jeddah, I love going in the ruins because those are really beautiful and just, and I've taken a lot of cool screenshots of just like the ruins themselves because they're just so, I love the the design of this game. They put so much thought into it. They really um, did. And yeah. This is like a Rogue One and Andor podcast, but the amount of references to like Rogue One concept art, like the Spamel. Yeah. I think that it was uh, invented by Matt. I'm going to butcher his last name, but Matt Alisap or something like that, or Mm -hmm. I'll just find it again. But yeah, Phil posted something about it, how Matt was the one who had designed it, but it was just never used in the film. Yeah. Marin, you get that dialogue where she mentioned, where Grease asks her about the city, uh, Nijeta, the holy city, which is in Rogue One. And then the environment, like, Gareth talking about how it was cold and then them talking about it was cold. I just thought that that was, that was really cool. And then there's the scene where you first get to Jeddah in the Mantis and it seems like such a callback to the scene with Cassian and Jin and K2 arriving in the U-Wing. Yeah. Maybe I'm reaching, but I, I don't no. know. I thought it was all really cool. Yeah, I totally, I got that same feeling when they landed there for the first time. And I and I think that you were insinuating that you got the same interaction where Marin is saying that she has been to Nijeda, like she's been to Jeddah City. Yeah. And, and I was like, oh, that's so neat, you know? Um, it, it is really cool. I thought that those were really cool callbacks. And... I remember we just thought that, like, Jeddah was a rumor, but, like, actually knowing and, like, confirming it was really cool. Yeah. I was really happy about that. Um, so, moving on. Um, what was your favorite hairstyle to use? We're going a little bit sillier. I, okay, I really, my main one is, is windswept. We're and, windswept gang. Yeah, and I know that that's the most popular one, I feel like, especially among, like, the girlies. Um, <laughs> and then I use the short beard, so there's the full beard and then the stubble, and kind of in between there's the short beard. And I was really excited about that because I felt like the full beard was just way too much. <laughs> but I was using it regardless. But I love the choppy forward. And I did get Scrapper, so I used that a couple of times. And don't, don't, oh. don't make fun of me. But I, I kind of love the mullet. <gasps> I know, I didn't think I'd like it, but I think he kind of rocks it. I'll have to play with it, because I, I have it, obviously, and I'm just like... Well, there's the trophy where if you, like, defeat enemies with the mullet, you get a trophy. Okay, well then I have to. Yeah, so I I bought I it and I put it on, and I was like, okay, he doesn't look terrible. Maybe it's just because it's Cal. <laughs> yeah, I 
I got the middle part recently. I think it was a lot, oh, one yeah. of the last ones I got, and he looks part. like a wet rat. <laughs> he guy. looks like he looks like uh, so it's like as if he's wearing it's like as if he has the windswept hair, and then he like didn't wash his hair for like a week, Ew. and then like got just got <laughs> out of the water. <laughs> the oils. Yeah, he looks like that. My hair. I'm just joking. Um, uh, uh, yeah. I but my favorite is the windswept. And when I play this new playthrough, I'm sure I'm gonna try and force myself to try different hairstyles for at least a couple minutes just to see how yeah. I like them. Um, so it's got to be windswept gang for me. I like choppy forward because it's like he, one of the crew members gave him the haircut. Like, it's like they did the sides really well, but then, like, the, the, front, <laughs> the front is just, is just what it is. Yeah. They were like, okay, that, that, looks, that looks fine. That looks good enough. <laughs> I love that. Um, so let's continue on this theme of, like, what did we prefer in terms of, like, how we had Cal? Um, what were the two saber stances that you end up ended up using the most i'm a i'm a double-bladed girly but that's because jero was double-bladed and i just love the idea that cal hangs on to that i don't know i tried is it is it cross guard no cross guard is like like Kyla's. is yes but uh dual wielding dual wielding i tried it i was not a fan but that that's not has nothing to do with like this schematics i think uh or like the nope i used that word completely incorrectly nothing to do with the gameplay of it just like a personal preference i cross guard i don't know if like the saber is heavy for cal it just feels like very kind of like baseball batty you get that you're not a human, yeah. so I feel like you agree. <laughs> yeah, it it I think I remember I feel like I heard this somewhere before the game is out, but it it is very much based on how Kylo Ren wields his wields that saber because Even... it's it's a broadsword type of feel. Yeah. So you need two hands to wield it. And I I think I I would love to know a little bit more about the if it's just like a I don't want to say it's aesthetic, but like just design wise, they wanted it yeah. to be like that. Or if there's like an in universe explanation to why Cal wields it that way, I think it might have to do with. I was getting. Way... Yeah. Uh, well, I want to hear what you have to say, but before we like move on a little bit, but it reminds me a lot of how Vader used his saber in Kenobi mm -hmm. in the scene. Yeah. With the. Uh... That first fight with Obi-Wan where they're in the salt flats and he's kind of just like beating down. So I feel like it would make sense if Kylo used the saber the same way his grandfather did. And then, you know, obviously Ky like Cal's cross guard being inspired by Kylo. Yeah. But I don't know. Like it, it just felt like, and I thought I just didn't have enough uh, skills. Skills, unlocked. yeah. But even when I filled it, and was using the, the you know the, what are those called the, the skill combos? point? Yeah, the yeah, combos. oh yeah. 
I was like, I just still feel like it's very heavy. And I, I don't think mean the... literally, I just mean like it feels slower. Like it's slower. slower. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's just that's the different play styles at play. Um, I remember when they first revealed the different styles and they revealed the like, gameplay of Cal performing the different um using the different styles. I remember being like, they were saying that they wanted it to feel that way. Like that you would have to, you would have to use different tactics when you approached yeah. enemies with the different uh, styles, which obviously t- makes sense. Um, so I think that that was the point. It was like, you know, yeah, you're going to have like a two-handed weapon that you need both hands on like all the mm-hmm. time to we- do every single move. Um, yeah, I didn't end up using the cross guard basically at all throughout the game yeah i'm not except for when i need to i'm not a huge fan of the blaster either i never use the blaster okay so i did as soon as i got it i was like okay i'm gonna have the double bladed and i'm gonna have like you know traditional and then i'm gonna have uh sorry so i'm gonna have like the double bladed and then i'm gonna have the blaster because bode gave it to cal and i was like i gotta keep it i gotta keep Mm. using it and so i did through the end of the game and i got good at it i i feel like i kind of mastered it um but then i switched from double bladed to or i switched from that to dual wielding so i did dual wielding and double bladed Mm -hmm. um and i made it so that my lightsaber has Gerald Paul's emitters and then Sears switches and Eno's uh like pommels. Nice. And then I, I think I think I added I maybe switched out one pommel or one switch for a persistence piece. Um, because I wanted to have Jero, Sear, Eno, and something that reminded me of Trilla <laughs> mm-hmm. on my saber. I had I have persistence, but then I have Centauri Crees, the the t- emitters yeah i don't know i just have a soft spot for her if there was i tried to get into the high republic i really want to especially with the acolyte coming out mm. i'm really excited and this story really kind of made me want to jump into it but it it's a lot and there's the two phases and then phase three yeah i so. just i i i I'd started Path of Deceit, which is phase two, but happens before phase one. And it's like the first book in that. So it's like, story-wise, it's like as far back as you can go mm-hmm. uh, chronologically. And so I had started it like a while, like over a year ago almost, and or getting there. And on the plane ride over to where I am now, um, I, I tried to finish it and I am close. So I think on my plane ride back, I'm just going to force myself to finish it. Um, it's enjoyable. I'm enjoying it, mm-hmm. but it is it is was, hard to like switch over to a completely yeah. different story. I was listening to the audiobook recently, and I was like, I feel like this is completely different Star Wars than what what I'm used to. But I I thoroughly enjoy it. I enjoyed the you know the nods to the High Republic and Survivor. It was like enough to convince me to dive into it even though i feel like it's diving into like a completely different franchise yeah but we're here yeah. for the ride well we mm-hmm. just need to we need to completely submerge ourselves in it <laughs> okay 
So wrapping up our conversation about Survivor, I'm sure we're going to be talking about it in episodes in the future too, but wrapping up for now, what are your overall thoughts on the game? Like, what did it leave you feeling? Did you feel good about it? Would you recommend it to other people? And also, do you see yourself playing it multiple times in the future? Um, A game that you revisit again? Yes. (laughs) Um, I, I think it's a great story that is bridging a lot of gaps and answering a lot of questions and affecting a lot of stories. Like, I was thinking while I was playing it how this affects Kenobi, how it affects Andor, how it affects Rebels. So yeah, I would really recommend it. And it's it's really wonderful that we have gotten a different show with Andor and we got a different show or film with The Last Jedi and Rogue One. And then now we have a different video game with Jedi Survivor. So, and when different, I just mean, like, it's kind of veered off the path from what we're really used to. And used to, I don't mean that in a bad way at all. I just mean, like, with The Mandalorian, it was very lighthearted and things like that. So, yeah, I I would recommend it, especially if they're into the High Republic and they're into... So, yeah, I would recommend it and I would play it again because after finding out about all of the characters, specifically Bode... It's like, I want to go back and see. And I want to play and like find the hints again. And I, I showed it to you, but the first scene was Bode, and you don't know that it's Bode. Cal and Bode like share this look on the transport that you don't know when you first play is, you know, a planned heist, quote-unquote. Yeah. So yeah, there's just like a lot. I want, I feel badly asking for this, but like I, I want more in terms of like a book or like I want to know Bode's story before. And I know Nashir knows, like asked for the same thing, I think, like wanting to explore Bode. And I want Dagon and Centauri Cree. And I, like that would be an awesome introduction or, you know, way to know more about the characters, even though we got so much. So, I don't know. What about you? I agree. I, your last, I mean, all of it. Uh, but I really think, you know, both stories finished. Santari Kree and Dagon's uh, story is finished. So, it would be within the realm of possibility to get um, their stories. Uh, to know what Bode's life was like before the game. Um, and then also you know, hopefully having some sort of story to fill in Centauri Cree and Dagon's, uh, you know, like that whole era, that whole time period um, and, you know, what was going on with them. It'd be really great to have extra content. And we discussed a little bit earlier that it, you know, we want more and I feel like there's opportunity to expand on uh, Cal and Marin and the crew bringing uh, the path to Tantalor. I feel like it would be the perfect subject for a DLC um, because we've seen games that had had whole other storylines to the content uh, or the base game. And so I feel like that would be very much within the realm of possibility. 
like even on the the galaxy map in the game there's like a whole section of that map that there's nothing on and it looks like a a shadowed planet that you could possibly go to so i i'm hopeful that they're going to do something with that and i want more interactions with kata we didn't really speak about kata very much in this episode and i want to talk about her more in the future i would love to perhaps in a future episode break down bode's story and i want to maybe do that after we both replay the game or you know have a retrospective episode on on his story and speak about kata as well because they were both really interesting characters the two of them and how they relate with the main characters in survivor um but yeah i would definitely recommend the game to everyone that i cross paths with um uh, i will definitely be replaying it and i thought it was solid i'm so happy that they were able to take more time with the game the extra month to finish it um and yeah to me it's solid i would have to say it's probably my favorite star wars game now um fallen order was and now this survivor is is definitely right there at the top at this point um so yeah solid game had a great time it's been so fun interacting with everybody about the game online and kind of being involved in the community around it uh yeah so that's our thoughts on survivor so we're gonna pivot away from survivor because we also got visions on may the 4th and holy crap we were both really excited for this and it it exceeded every like it met every expectation or every anticipation uh that I had for just another beautiful installment, another beautiful season. Uh, Vision season one was um, Japanese uh, animation. Uh, and this season it was from animation studios all around the world. And yeah, so what were what were your feelings, overall feelings, just base feelings on season two of Visions? It was way more emotional way more like i don't think i've cried at a piece of media that hard in a while it was in the stars for me and uh the irish one screechers reach yeah and the french one i'm forgetting the name the spy dancer those three killed me yeah they the same same i think I, i feel like that was for everyone yeah, it, I, those were the thoughts I was hearing from most people. And and I think that they were just the most, like, are they, you know, produced the most maybe feelings, but every single episode was heavy in some way, or at least had a very emotional core. Um, you know, uh, I'm Your Mother was more lighthearted. Yeah, that one was but, sweet. But it, it definitely had like a really emotional core to it. And I just so much, I very much enjoyed, I feel like I'm Your Mother and uh, Journey to the Dark Head were on like opposite sides of the spectrum in terms of like Journey to the Dark Head was very much, it was emotional, but it was was a little bit more story heavy in my opinion, which was fine. I very much enjoyed it. And then I'm Your Mother was more on the very much lighthearted end of the spectrum and then everything that fell in between for me was more emotional um 
in in the best way everything in the best way i oh, and the and the animation styles were so varied and so unique yeah and so beautiful each one was just a tr- a visual treat um i, I binged them all in one night <laughs> Mm-hmm. And then went back and 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 rewatched them. Um, but it was just like just so gorgeous. Yeah. Um, so going off of that, do you have a favorite episode and why? I think I I think we kind of know, but uh, go ahead and and tell us. I feel like I feel biased, but in the stars is my favorite. That was the Chilean. Uh, animation studio a punk robot punk punk robot it was so i I don't know i have a sister so it just like hit harder i have an i'm the youngest and i have an older sister and uh tachina and koten just reminded Mm -hmm. me a lot of my oldest sister and i and yeah I, i don't know the the story of it where you know they they lose their land they lose their family and how the creator the director said that it was very heavily inspired by you know colonization and you know people people having their land taken away from them and you know seeing that i consider in the stars canon yeah i think it just felt so real and i was talking to a friend about this pedro and uh how how it reminded me a little bit of how different cultures see the force and how the the jedi aren't the only force wielders and believers and you know we know that with the chiss and with the lasat and that now like we get this whole other culture and you know group of people that have faced their own form of of genocide with being forced with not just being forced wielders but just like people living off of the land and like living their lives yeah it was just such a heavy and beautiful and inspirational story that the ending just broke me with like the 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 clouds leaving and like they were alone, but they they weren't really alone. Like the stars were there, and like their people were there. And when uh, Tachina was like, she looks so bright in reference to their mother. I was like, oh my god! I know I'm getting emotional just thinking about it. Yeah, and then Tachina, I looked up, I looked it up, and Tachina means luck. And there's a interaction between Koten and Tachina where. Uh, Colton was like, it was just luck. And then Tachina was like, it wasn't luck. It was mom's spirit or like mom's power, like referring to the force. And I was like, oh, they're so, like they put so much thought into it. Like it was Tachina. And uh, and I don't know, hearing Latin American accents, even Spanish accents in the first episode, the Sith. Mm-hmm. And French accents, like ev- Irish accents, everybody was represented. It was so beautiful. I and loved I, it. I, that's a very good point because we've heard those accents in Star Wars in different forms of media, in yeah. Clone Wars, in 
Andor and like we've heard all these accents in Star Wars before but to actually have each uh, nationality represent like and create that like be a part of the creation of it just really fused together that um, it just it just fused it together so well to pull from these different cultures and to have them be the ones to decide how they wanted to be represented in Star Wars instead of just their voices and their accents. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, I love that. And and when we were talking about how we see the going back to In the Stars, when you were talking about how you know the force is being represented in this story and it's apart from like the the Jedi. Like we're not seeing anything about the Jedi and in, in, in the stars. Mm-hmm. It's the force and how it interacts with this people. I I was instantly reminded of an interaction that I screenshotted in going back to Survivor. Cal has a and I'll read it to you because this is relevant. Cal has a conversations with Z and Z says, I still can't quite process that the Jedi are truly gone. Cal says, I know Z, it took me a long time to accept it too. Yes, I and just got said, this one last night. And she Sorry. said, huh. she said, yeah, she said, what is the galaxy to do without their guidance and leadership? Mm-hmm. It all seems so hopeless. And then Cal says, the Jedi didn't have a monopoly on virtue or the force. We can still find our way. We could just need to work together. Mm-hmm. And then she said, I very much hope that you're right. And I, oh my God, I'm getting emotional just thinking about that. Yeah. Um, it's so beautiful that we can see it's we've had friends say like that Star Wars is like a tapestry and it so much is and how you know the stars and the force are so connected with the the sisters in are are very important to the sisters in in the stars and then in Survivor we have you know, Kata's lullaby about their mother being in this or her mother being in the stars. And it's just, oh, so beautiful. <laughs> so continuing on, uh, I think, I don't know if I had a favorite, but I will say the one that left me with the most emotion, like feeling the most emotional would probably uh, it is a tie i think between in the stars and screechers reach mm-hmm. for different reasons like in the stars left me like crying and then screechers reach ooh, i don't it know was that so, I, I it was so dark yes i don't think i i was like on the verge of tears but i was very much unsettled and feeling exactly the way that the her friends looked at her at the end like with like in some ways like almost like horror and sadness even though you're supposed like it's almost framed like you're supposed to be not supposed to be happy but she is like like oh I'm gonna go on to do what I wanted to do I'm, I'm you know this is what I wanted and at the very last second you're like mm, I don't think that that's gonna work out for you <laughs> uh it was a very I love the way it made me feel Mm-hmm. I just say that I love the way that Screecher Re- Screechers Reach made me feel it subverted expectations in a in a really um, in a way that I liked a lot, and so I would say that Screechers Reach would be probably in terms of because like you like you can have emotional stories like in the stars and it be very impactful and and I love stories like that I love to be left feeling like emotional Happy about and, things yeah but, yeah. 
but to have a story that leaves you feeling like feeling different feelings and that's their intention for that in a very like like I said subverting your expectations sort of way I do enjoy that it has to be done right and it was done right with Screechers Reach and so I have to say that that story in particular left the most like that was like really satisfying for me um yeah so I'll say Screechers Reach for me which then leads me to ask um wrapping up kind of a little bit of a discussion on on visions and like with Survivor we're going to probably be talking about these pieces of media and further episodes but just as a overall review for now um let me move on to if you could pick one animation studio featured in season two to have a whole star wars show made by which would it be and if you if you can think of something what would it be about it could even be this like the episode that you saw just extended like more built off of that story with that animation do you know yours I don't. Okay. I have to think a little bit. I'm Sorry. wondering if it's going to be the same as mine. Let's now I'm thinking see. about it. Let's see. Okay. I have mine. For me, I would want an extension of In the Stars by Punk Robot, but I would want an entire show by Studio Murr. Okay. This, they did Legend of Korra. Yes. And I love Legend of Korra. So and the and the animation is just crazy and the storytelling is beautiful. So I think it it'd be a whole show. Okay. That was not what I expected. Really? And I love that. No, and I love that though. Um uh and did you say what you wanted would want it to be about? Or do you have a thought? Um because I have a thought on that if you don't have one i do have one but i want to hear your thought well immediately just based on the the story that we got with with that studio i think that a high republic show i was literally about to say that (laughs) i was about to say that i was like it has to be high republic i'm sorry for interrupting you no no i wanted to hear it because i wanted to know if it was the same exact one and I'm just building off of what you said. Yes, definitely. That would be so cool. It'd be cool if um, Dagan and Centauri. Yes, yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. It would be amazing. I feel like the High Republic, just reading what I've read, seeing what I've seen without fully knowing the whole entire thing at this point, I think that animation would lend so much to it the really content would. of that story. Like, imagine yeah. the Starlight Beacon story. Like, in In that oh my god that would be amazing but my answer my original answer for you for this question was different um i was gonna say studio la is it cachette oh probably the french one i was gonna say that studio continuing with the spy story of louis yeah yeah i love that one yeah, I would love to see that. But honestly, it's so hard to give an answer for this question. <laughs> I want more of all of it. Yeah. They were, all of it. That's the, the sad thing. The only sad thing about Visions is that it's just the small storylines. And we won't get them again. 
uh, I, I, I hope, well, they did make a whole book based on the Ronin. Oh, yeah, uh, of Ronin. So perhaps we will get additional um, content for something. And we'll probably get an Art of Vision Season 2 yeah. book. So, That's and true. I'm so excited for that one because I got the Art of Season 1 uh, a couple weeks ago. And oh my gosh, it's so beautiful. I I love concept art books and I know you do too. And so I'm crossing my fingers for that. Um, yeah. I can't wait yeah. for the Art of Jedi Survivor in December. Already pre -ordered. Oh my gosh. I did too. I forgot I want, that I, I did that. I want to see concept art of like Bode and, and, and the the like Jedi and if, if they pulled inspiration. Like I'd love if that was confirmed. I'm sure that they will do that, especially in the case of like the Spamel. <laughs> um so do you have any other thoughts like i said we'll probably be talking about visions and survivor far into the future but do you have mm -hmm. any other like closing thoughts on visions season two no i heard some through the grapevine that like season three is probably going to be a thing yes so i do wonder you know we did so many animation studios from different countries so i can't wait to see the next yeah, because it yeah. seems like if they're already like, yes, Vision Season 3 is happening, they must have some direction for it. Yeah. Uh, and and so, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Exciting. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, that that's our Jedi Survivor Vision Season 2 deep dive. Um, that's great. Yeah, that's it was great. It was nice to come back and have have a nice discussion with you about it. I've been I've been like. Yeah by or gnawing at the bit uh chomping at the bit for this um and we're yeah we're we're excited about the the future of stardust records we've got some stuff brewing so we're excited to get this out to you guys and more in the future closing question for you and perhaps everyone else can think about this question and be like oh hmm um so if you could shadow alongside any star wars character for a day who would it be and why? So, I would, I think it would be Hera. Oh my gosh. I think it would be Hera Syndulla. I think Her. that she's so wise and she has so much to say and she, her childhood, like the one window that we see through in the Bad Batch of it and then, you know, all the four visions of rebels i feel like that she would just be the perfect person to learn life from i love that answer i love that because she's seen so much mm -hmm. and she's 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 experienced so much and she's Career such so a much, yeah and she's such a like uh, a warm character too yeah and like she's been through so much and she still has so much kindness and love and adoration to share and <laughs> all the scenes where she gives some of the ghost crew like advice or she talks to them or calms them down and they seek her out. Yeah. She is kind of like their mother in a way. <laughs> yeah. I love that. And, and my, yeah. my answer would yours be? is, is, is similar. Uh, I, I was like stressing about, I came up with this question and then I realized I didn't have an, I didn't think about an answer before I asked it to you. But I think Mon Mothma 
That's a good one. And I think it all it has to do with Mon Mothma as a character and what we've seen of her, but also uh, Genevieve's sort of demeanor is very much Mon Mothma already. Yeah, like she when you hear her speak in interviews and stuff, I just all I see is Mon Mothma. She speaks eloquently yeah, and with so such true. beauty and has so much everything that she says has value to it whenever I hear an interview every answer she gives is so well thought out and so I feel like Mon Mothma is very much the same way and so I feel like I would love to just spend the day with her and just see how she interacts with people and I feel like if I had any questions or concerns or just anything if I wanted to talk to her about anything I just feel like she would very much be a good listener and some a good confidant so I'm seeking comfort (laughs) so I feel like uh Mon Mothma would be someone I would love to just hang out with for a day Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. she'd be a joy to have come over and have tea maybe with and... yeah maybe like she could invite Hera and you over and we could have like a little you know <laughs> tea party a, a girl's a, day a little cucumber and mayo sandwiches <laughs> that'd be so fun I wish that that was something that could be accomplished but it's okay we'll just have that in our little mind I'll mind just palaces. use that scenario when I go to sleep at night, like my little fantasy scenarios, yeah, your little dream <laughs> in your dreams, <laughs> um, yeah. So, without, with you know, that's that's pretty much that's it for this episode, you guys. Thanks for <clears throat> thanks for stopping by and listening to us for sticking with us even through such a long hiatus. We really appreciate the the support and. It's always nice to see people get excited about releasing our episodes. It makes me, yeah. I know it makes you happy too, but it makes me really, yeah, yeah, for sure. I love, I love seeing your guys' interactions with us and every little bit of support, a like, a retweet, anything is just so, so sweet. And I very much, we very much appreciate it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, speaking of Twitter and interactions, where can we, where can we find you, Linz? Um, at a cosmic love on Twitter, and at Rizzo, Reb, bleh, bleh, and at Rebel Risen on Instagram. And what about you? Um, I'm Andorisms everywhere. So TikTok, <laughs> Twitter, and Instagram. And if you want to follow the pod, it's at Stardust Records without the O. So R E C R D S. Yeah, on Twitter. And we'll see you soon for another episode of Stardust Records. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.